Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas. This week, we are interviewing Dan Egner, Rich Bragg, Amanda Harris, and Anna Ulin, who all set the world record for most escape rooms played in 24 hours. Hello. Hello. I did not say Guinness. I'm sorry. Oh. Did we say that's okay? That's okay. okay. We'll, that's we'll accept that. We'll it's accept the Guinness World the Record. Guinness Book of World. This way, record. we don't have to pay royalties. <laughs> <laughs> so smart. This is Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. And Mike and Ruby are not here, but that's because it was really difficult to get. How many? That would have been like eight people yeah. all in one podcast. So coordinating we have eight six. schedules was a thing. And I was so happy that we were able to get. All of you there. So welcome to our podcast, everyone. Thanks. Hello. Hello. So how about how about we introduce? So we have, as I said, Dan Agner. Hi. We have Rich Bragg. Hello. We have Amanda Harris. Hello. And we have Anna Ulit. Hi there. Yay. <laughs> and I think what we probably want to know is what is the exact record that you set? Because I know that... We'll start we, off with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the record is... That? I'll take it. This is Rich. Um, the record title is Most Escape Rooms Attended in One Day. There, there were a lot of uh, things we had to do to, to satisfy that record. But most of all was we had to... Uh, the rooms had to be 30 minutes or longer. We had to... Uh, spend the entire time it took to complete the room, whether that was a failure or finishing you by completing the room. And we had to escape in, or we had to escape at least 50% successfully. Um, but fortunately, we, we only failed on one. So um, Ooh, that's wow. kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, they were, all the rooms we did were 60 minutes or more. Wow. Nice. So I guess we'll start off with like, how, how did this come about? Where did is, we say how many rooms? Did oh, we say how many rooms? So we did 22. 22. 22 in 24 rooms hours. in 24 hours. Wow. wow. That's better than Jack Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't recall any rooms in his game. <laughs> did he, es- he must have escaped a few rooms in his yeah, like, spying things yeah. and stuff. I never see 24. Yeah, so. we killed fewer people. Culture, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So I do have to ask, how did this come about? Was it that one of you was planning a trip and then you thought, hey, maybe we should set the world record? Or did you go out being like, hey, somebody needs to set the world record in this? Well, all right, fine, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think that the idea kind of sprang when we first learned about this company, Claustrophobia, in Moscow that has... I don't know, how many rooms do they have? 62. 60-something, 60 yeah, 62. And I think this was even before we'd even planned a Moscow trip. And I'm sure I was talking with Dan and Anna and possibly some other people, and I don't even remember who brought it up. But it, the idea was raised that, you know, hey, if we ever did go to Moscow, there would be an opportunity for us to, like, just play as many rooms as we could in 24 hours and and uh, maybe set a record. And so at some point, Dan spearheaded this Moscow trip, and... We'd had that discussion before, so I kind of looked into what it would take and learned all about how Guinness Book of World Records works and how you set records and how you sign up for records and um, kind of got the ball rolling. And I don't know, nine months later, we we did it. <laughs> One thing led to another. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty amazing. Now, the, the interesting thing is I'm pretty sure most of our listeners 
which would be almost all of them, have, haven't set a Guinness Book of World Record. <laughs> and they don't know what that process is. It's not like all of a sudden you call them and say, hey, I did this. I ate the most eggs in three minutes and put them all in my nose. No, there's, there's, more, there's more of a process to it. That's They try to make it more legitimate than just a guy calling. So what exactly was that process? This, the first thing we had to do was we had to actually verify that there was a record to be set. And so one of the things you can do is you can go on the Guinness site and you can do searches for what records are out there that can, where you can set a record. And I did that, and the, there was one escape room record listed on there, and it was for most escape rooms in a year. And I thought that was kind of curious. It hadn't been set yet, but it was available to be applied for. There, and that was the only one escape room related. I decided to apply for a 24-hour one. And so I filled out all the forms and stuff, and they got back to me shortly thereafter and declined it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So then, then uh, I, w- I was kind of surprised by that since there was already one for a year. So I appealed on the basis that, hey, you have this record for a year. Why can't we do it for a different time frame? And then they got back to me a little bit after that and like, yeah, you know, you're right. You can do it. <laughs> so um, Nice. Yeah, and then after that, it's just a matter of like it's interesting because once you apply for a, a record, they actually come back to come back to you with this huge set of guidelines that they come up with on their own. I don't know what resources they use, but they come back with a set of guidelines that you have to adhere to that has everything you could imagine on it. And so that was kind of where we started our planning. And then, so when you first heard the guideline, you have to pass fifty percent of the rooms. You thought to yourself, "Oh, this is going to be easy." <laughs> <laughs> Well, they cha- they sort of changed over time because this was a new record <clears throat> or a new record category, we should say. And so we were sort of negotiating, well, negotiating strong. We were we were discussing with them, and and they would sort of propose certain uh, <clears throat> guidelines or rules, and then you know we sort of talked about it. So originally, I don't know if there was a requirement for how many we had to pass. I don't think there was. No. And originally, and they also had like a minimum, like how many rooms there has to be. They were always pretty consistent that they kind of. It was clear they wanted these to be legitimate escape rooms, right? You can't just go to, like, you know, your friends, right, you know, that that quote-unquote escape room. So they always wanted us to clear with them the rooms we were going to do. Um, They had to be rooms that were available for public booking. Uh, Not necessarily at the times we did, but they had to be, like, rooms that the public can can attend. So that that whole record process kind of went back and forth. Um, And initially, there's a minimum, like, so initially it was 12? Yeah. So initially, we only had the the minimum to set the record uh, was twelve rooms, which oh. seemed yeah right with zero percent required <laughs> to I complete. Mean, I've done rooms yeah, day. <laughs> right. So we're like, okay, but of course we wouldn't have like stopped at twelve, right? And at some point, they you know decided to move that to twenty, and we said, okay, you know that's that's definitely. I mean, we were already planning to do that many, but it definitely raised the the bar to a to a real you know meaningful value, I think. Yeah, and the 50% escape rate was also a late addition from Guinness, right, yeah. <clears throat> which wasn't there initially. And we didn't, it didn't like, I mean, we we felt reasonably confident we could achieve that. And it seemed fair, like you can't just like go in and like sort of like just bomb 20 rooms in a row. <laughs> I mean, in reality, <laughs> that wouldn't work so well because you'd be taking the max time on each of them. But, but if they're somewhere with like 30, 30, 30 minute escape rooms that you could just like sleep through. Then I guess they have eliminated that loophole. The interesting, there are probably so many questions a lot of people have, like the logistics alone of trying to do 22 rooms in 24 hours, especially if they're all an hour each. You might 
we might have listeners thinking, wait, when does eating happening and bathroom times and so shoe I guess, taking off? Of? I guess my first question off of that, because I think this relates to that, is why Moscow? <laughs> I'm I'm well, curious about that relating, because does that mean that like you get to go to the well, bathroom inside the escape rooms during Moscow? Yeah. Like, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm, it's more, it's more no. because I've heard that Moscow has a huge number of escape right. rooms, so travel time is diminished. Oh, yeah. That makes so much more sense. That's what I... Sorry, no. I don't... I'm eating <laughs> questions. Oh, gosh. I uh, I really dug a hole there. Wow. <laughs> I do not mean to offend Just any like Russians in that room. listening yeah. to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I have seen, I think, two escape rooms now where you can go to the bathroom in the escape room, mm-hmm. neither right. of which are in Moscow. No. Mm-hmm. One is here in Mountain View. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> so Moscow, because, I mean, we were already planning a trip to Moscow. So Moscow is this, like, big world center of escape rooms. A lot of the famous escape rooms, even here in North America, are actually exports from Moscow or from Russia in general. It is clear when you start researching and looking into what's available there that there's just an immense wealth of, (laughs) they call them quests, um, which in some ways, if you think about it, is actually a better name than escape room. So they call them quests, and there's all these different kinds of quests, and there's just so many of them. And then there's this one company, Claustrophobia, that has like on its own 60, 62 quests just in the city of Moscow. They also run a whole bunch of other cities in Russia and, and elsewhere, in fact. Um, Whoa, and so, sixty-two from one company. Yeah. Sixty-two from not all in the same location, but in but in yeah. one company in one city. And so that um, we also contacted them to ask, like, "Hey, we're thinking about doing this crazy record thing. What do you think?" And they were really supportive and really helpful and just kind of amazing through the whole thing. And that also really enabled it because if you think about it, like, suppose you were going to do this record in Toronto. Uh, you certainly have you certainly have plenty of rooms, but you'd be doing like two or three or four at each of a whole bunch of venues, mm-hmm. and you'd be de- dealing with the travel between those. Mm-hmm. And so you'd be talking to a whole pile of venues, and each one you'd be like, "All right, we're going to do this crazy record thing. You on board?" And you'd be having that conversation with each of them, and then you'd be saying, "Okay, well, so we're going to visit you somewhere between two and four in the morning. So can you just like, be <laughs> open then for us?" Just yeah, be and ready. be ready to just yeah. start us right when we get there, no matter when it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you'd have that conversation with like 10 different venues and it would just be this, I mean, maybe you could do it and heck you should do it, but, um, uh, but it would be, it would be very challenging. Whereas claustrophobia, because they're this one company that said, we'll support it. They proposed an entire itinerary, um, which wow. they mapped out using their knowledge of like the traffic and the city and transportation. Um, they proposed the schedule of rooms. They set it up with every venue's like separate like staff. They they cleared all the bookings like before and after so that it would be clear so that we could just walk in and do the rooms. And in fact, like when we got there, the support was even better than we expected because like oh, you know yeah. they for example food they ordered food for us yeah so we could like oh, yeah. finish rooms and there'd be food waiting and we'd eat food or like we'd yeah. eat it when we arrived. They walked <laughs> with us the entire way. Did um, they have somebody with like a napkin to? Wet your brow or dry your brow. I mean, close. They did have like there. There was there were times when we would all get out of the room and they'd have like hand us individual waters to drink and yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And at some point we were running slightly ahead of schedule, so they were like, you know what? I've realized that we could uh, insert this one extra room into the schedule. What do you all think? Oh, and we're wow. like, sure. So they inserted an extra room in the schedule in the right. middle of the day and just made it work. Right, because they were all sort of playing this logistics game behind the scenes to make this all work. 
Um, so we, you know, they're like, okay, let's go over here instead. And then there were things like, you know, there was one point where we were taking the subway from one location to another, and they were so great, like herding us through this like crowded rush hour subway station, <laughs> making sure we all Little got on the plane. Um, Did they you know, have like had... big signs that they're just like, get out of the way, skateboard players are coming through. <laughs> well, let's just say we I were think not our really... GoPros might have might have done a little of that work for us. People were like, what is right. that? We were not subtle. No, <laughs> we were like walking around in our big, big white T-shirts that said like Guinness World Record Attempt Official. And we had like these chest mounts with GoPros and we were and we a were stuffed bear out. rug. Oh, yeah, that's right. That. You had Boris. a stuffed bear rug with you. Yeah. Yeah. Boris was our mascot. Just ca- you carried it around with you as you went. From yeah, he was tucked into a bag. So just his head was sticking out. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned I mean, that we're not you crazy. had a GoPro. Why? Why did? Is this footage available for everybody to watch, or is, did the <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records need that? We all had to sign handwritten uh, contracts that we wrote out the entire thing by hand that said that we couldn't <laughs> use the the footage for anything besides giving it to Guinness for documenting our record. Right, because of course <laughs> claustrophobia didn't want their room details spoiled or whatever. Uh, okay. Um, so Guinness required each of us. So each each of us to have. Uh, body cameras, they said, um, that would record the entire event, not just the room play, but like the whole thing. And we just recorded the, we just had them running and every few hours would swap out their SD cards. And it was okay to swap out the cards. They made that clear that like you could have one that you're swapping out while the others are still running. But we had to have coverage. Yeah. Like at least by one camera at all times. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's cool. It's funny because I remember, I remember that each of you talked to me kind of almost expecting I knew what you were talking about, but not really. So Dan brings up about GoPros in the Slack, and I'm thinking, can one run for 24 hours straight? And going, oh, I, I don't think so. And then Amanda, back in our LA podcast, she was talking to me, oh yeah, we're going to Moscow, it's going to be great. And I didn't know why, she just... <laughs> But she almost it almost sounded like you thought I knew why you were going, but I didn't. And so then I heard about this attempt and thought that was really cool. Right. Actually, this wasn't why we were going. We right. were going anyways, and then yeah. the, the actual planning for this took place after we had already committed and decided to go. Oh. Yeah, so yeah we were just going to play escape rooms, which we did. <laughs> right? So different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were there for a week. Um, and the, of course, this thing was 24 hours of that week, and we did that near the beginning, just because otherwise it would be kind of hanging over our heads the whole time. You know, yes. we're kind of, you know, I won't lie, was, there was a little nervousness about this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like, ah, oh, now we'll just go play, you know, escape rooms like a normal enthusiast might. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at 22, let's fill the rest of the week with more escape rooms. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't, I don't blame you. So, well, that was only one company. Yeah, no, that is true. So here you are in Moscow. How do you say quest in Russian? Quest, Quebec. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, I thought it was far more exciting. Anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> but they so, actually, yeah, they just use the English words. Oh, uh, okay. So weren't you worried about language barriers? Well, Anna speaks I Russian, would... so that helps. Uh, a little. Oh, yeah. Anna speaks a Russian. Little. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. She could have just done all of them and you could have followed her along. She did. That's kind of what we did. Us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we were worried about that, honestly, because even if you have one player out of four who speaks the language, you know, that's still a barrier when you're all running. I mean, maybe it's split team, right? In fact, it kind of was in some cases. Yeah. And yeah. I, I actually had a fair amount of anxiety beforehand because I knew that, I mean, 
Yes, I speak fairly good Russian, but it had been a very long time since I spoke it every day, kind of all day. And I haven't been in Russian and like used contemporary, like, you know, Russian slang for a long time. So I didn't know, like, are they going to be using terms that I'm just not going to recognize? And so on. as it turns out, all the weird slang terms they used were basically English words. So that wasn't a problem. Nice. So they tried, a lot of the rooms in Moscow are translated. I would say maybe, you know, if you just look through a directory of Moscow rooms, maybe like 30, 40% of them will also be available in English, um, oh. at least according to the site. Now, the quality and amount of the translation will vary, but there are everybody we ran, everybody we met, every game master, every company was like super eager to be helpful and do their best. And claustrophobia had very high quality trans, uh, translations. But uh, to make the schedule work, because of course they're trying to hyper-optimize the schedule to pack in as many rooms as possible, we did have several rooms that were in Russian only. <laughs> um, they actually did add some translation material to some of those, but in those we had to really lean on Anna to... Yeah. You know, and so there'd be this thing where like some audio audio would come on, and and it would be in Russian, and we'd all wait, we'd all be looking at Anna, <laughs> and it would be like like a hint, like there'd be these rooms that had, for example, automated like hint recordings, or like probably triggered by the GM, but it was like this recorded hint, and it would turn out that the hint that they in this particular room they were all expressed in like these long prosy poem you know forms um that would boil down to like you should look at the dog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so there'd be this long russian thing and it's going and it's going and anna's sort of nodding her head clearly you know paying attention and we're all looking at her like what's it say what's it say and then at the end she'd be like look at the dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we'd be like uh didn't it say she no look at the dog yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> So if anybody wants to beat your record, they would have to bring someone that knows Russian or they would have to find an alternative city. Right. Yes. Or they'd have, yeah, I mean, they could be Russian themselves. Oh, um, that too. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could do this in other cities. It's just, you know, you have this separate logistic headache yeah. um, of, you know, lining up all the different venues and so on. Oh, actually, there was one thing that we didn't talk about that was uh, that claustrophobia also added, and that was witnesses. Yeah. So oh, um, oh, one wow. of the requirements we had to do for, um, for the record is that we had to have two witnesses at all times. And the witnesses could not serve shifts longer than four hours consecutively. <laughs> And you could, and you couldn't have any gaps. So one of them could be an employee of of claustrophobia, who's actually our game master. So we actually negotiated for that particular one, but then the other one had to be somebody that was not related or or had anything to do with us, and also had nothing to do with claustrophobia. Oh, wow. um, and so that one was tricky um, because you know we're in Moscow and, and we don't know anybody there. Yeah, there <laughs> but is this a is another thing we that checked. claustrophobia really came in came in great for us, and that yeah. they actually recruited all the witnesses, managed the entire witness schedule shift, wow. and they just magically had people show up when they were supposed to show up and serve as witnesses for us, and we didn't even have to think about it the whole time. Like, there was always wow. a witness there that they that they sourced, and it, it just worked out perfectly. I think yeah. most of them were, like, local enthusiasts who were fans of claustrophobia, right. and they reached out, like, through their mailing lists and whatever, and they were all, like, quite excited about uh -huh. this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So, was it just claustrophobia games that you played? Uh, during the record. So the record was all claustrophobia games. And then for the rest of the week, we went and played a bunch of different companies. Cool. And, and a couple of other claustrophobia rooms that we hadn't, that we heard were really good, but we hadn't hit in the uh, record. Mm -hmm. And I think the benefit of that is that you get 
you you know what to expect in this style of the game that you're doing and what you can and can't trust if it's all from one company. That's definitely an advantage. They have, you know, I mean, claustrophobia is interesting because they, they're such a big company. They have so many rooms. Um, they've been around for kind of a while now, for, for many years now. Um, they're one of the sort of original companies in, in Moscow. So their style actually changes quite a bit. They've also acquired some other companies. And so they acquired some rooms with that. They kind of fixed up the things they didn't like about those rooms and like, you know, changed them to be a little bit more their style. And clearly just their designers and their design teams have just changed over the years. And we would discover that as we went to every new claustrophobia location, there was a little bit of a different style. Um, and so we, and we'd kind of like get reused to that, but it's definitely true that there was an overall claustrophobia style and there was an overall claustrophobia, um, I think standard. Yeah. Um, you know, they had high quality, they always had great lobbies and staff. They always had good jamming. Their sets were consistently fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, with very few exceptions, their puzzles were were solid and, you know, fair. Yep. So it's good when you're in the middle of this to be able to, like, you know, essentially rely on that. As opposed to walking into some random room that you just don't even know. No, very true. So how did eating work? Yeah, I was like, going to say, when would... claustrophobia wasn't feeding you... How did you manage eating and possibly resting in between? Well, as Rich said earlier, they would order food for us. So at some point for lunch, they ordered us some sandwiches. Later in the day, they ordered us some pizza. And basically, they would have the food ready when we would come out of a room. And they would ask us like, hey, do you want to, you know, we think about ordering food between this location and that location. Do you want to eat at this location or that one? So that means like, you know, eating before travel or after travel or during travel. But really, like we only had the big two food breaks and it ended up not being an issue because especially for dinner, we were running enough before schedule that we actually had to wait because the new venue where we were going to play, there were actually public was playing the rooms and we could not start our play. So we used that for dinner time. Oh, nice. So you had like like half an hour to eat? Yeah. yeah. Like 40 minutes. About yeah, right. something 30, like 40 that. minutes. Because they had booked essentially the slot, like two slots back to back for us. So, you know, by the time we were actually over an hour ahead of the planned schedule, um, we had to we had to wait. And also it was during sort of peak hours or whatever. And yeah, so we had 30, 40 minutes to wait for, for the room to be ready, uh, for the first room that we could do there to be ready. And there was pizza and it was lovely and... And I got to use that time on the phone with the bank because our uh, our payment to claustrophobia hadn't gotten right. through. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. And they were asking me like every every hour, they're like, can you call your bank again? <laughs> right. Their accountant was yeah. like, are you all like the most monstrous scam artists ever? Because like, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd promised them this payment. We'd sent them like, you know, screenshots of our wire transfers, but like no money had like landed. I think at right. that point we had paid them some cash. Yes. Uh, but... Oh, wow. uh, but they were anxious to get paid. <laughs> I, bet. I mean, this was a lot of bookings. How would it work for travel time? I don't know how close all the escape rooms are. So I'm assuming when they were booking you, they would think to themselves, maybe they'll finish 10 minutes early. Or did they not make that assumption at all? They did a little bit. I mean, I think they have an idea of what rooms are harder than others. And there were definitely times in our schedule where they had you know, less than the full amount of time from yeah. one room to the next. But I think that, especially in the first half, we were we were going pretty far ahead of even that schedule. And then we kind of slowed down, I think, in the second half, both through, you know, 
issues we ran into, but and also just because we were getting tired. <laughs> I don't know who else was in the taxi with me. I think it was uh, maybe two rooms before our dinner break when she had said, like, as a company, they didn't think we could do this. They were like, yeah, okay, we'll help you line this up. But they didn't think it was possible and that they thought if it was going to be possible, it wouldn't be very fun to watch somebody do or to, to work during those shifts. But then as the morning kicked off and as we sort of powered through the day, they kind of had like their internal email threads and chats going crazy about like, this may actually happen. Like when you meet these guys and they get to your location, like it's crazy. And so they were building enthusiasm as we were going through a big part of the day. And that helped us a lot, (laughs) but definitely as we started to uh, get a little bit later in the day, we started going a little slower, maybe being slightly less impressive to watch, but their enthusiasm (laughs) never waned. It was great. Another thing is claustrophobia as a company has a policy of unlimited hints, um, which I fully support for, you know, any game venue. It's just like, hey, we're here to help you have fun. Ask for a hint whenever you like. We'll try to help you, you know, nudge you in the appropriate ways. We had some thoughts about like, you know, well, how do we want to play this, right? Do we want to be super sticklers? Guinness had no restrictions on whether or not you could take hints. Um, And so we decided, you know what, let's just play it the way we normally would, which is we'll play. And if we feel like we're stuck and not having fun, you know, after a couple minutes, a few minutes, you ask for a hint. Um, You know, we're not like proud, you know, and we said we'll also be, uh, you know, aware of the global schedule. Like, because, you know, sometimes when you feel like time is tight in a room, you might start asking for more hints. And in this case, it might be like time is tight overall. But that was never a problem. But definitely in the later rooms when we were tired, we might start asking for hints a little earlier than we might have otherwise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we would say, okay, if we're still stuck in two minutes, we're going to get that hint. And then for the two minutes, we would all just kind of stare at a wall. <laughs> Instead of continuing to look, we'd be like, okay, yeah, if I come up with something, I'll let you know. So <laughs> we got a little slow. <laughs> I think our, uh, some one of you were asking about travel times. Claustrophobia had lined them up so that most of them were walking. I think most of our legs were walking. Um, from one to the next. Um, and then every now and then we'd either take a car or, or a Metro or something like that. And, and there were like probably three or four rooms typically at each venue that we'd be doing. So you'd play three or four rooms. It was like three or four hours. The other way they would deal with the sort of variation in game times is they had, they had bonus rooms. Um, so they'd sort of said, well, depending on what happens and when you arrive here, either you go off and do these rooms or you just jump straight into those rooms. Um, and we were fortunate enough to be able to do the bonus rooms. I would imagine, too, like when somebody gears up for a marathon, they practice. It's like 42K. I don't know what that is in miles. And they think to themselves, OK, I'll try to run 25K. And I ha- you get a sense of when puzzle fatigue f- starts <laughs> kicking in. Now, you, all of you have done long marathons of escape rooms. When does puzzle fatigue kick in for you and what were you most worried about when it would kick in during this time so we'd done a bunch of marathons but never more than 10 or 11 yeah like i don't maybe we had a 12 day well at least dan and i have done overnight games which right which goes for far longer than this so we've done puzzle yeah. hunts. True. you do yeah. puzzle hunts that go for a week with no sleep that's right well not, not a week, a week. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a weekend for yeah. sure two a couple days and so I think Rich and I are both very much aware that, like, in those at least, somewhere around 2 or 3 a.m., it can get really gnarly. Mm-hmm. Like, it can get, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're you struggling to stay awake. You're, you know, at least when it's me, I'm thinking to myself, why did I even sign up for this? This is ridiculous. This is terrible. I want to be at home <laughs> in my bed with my pillow. Somebody's punchy. Yeah. <laughs> right? And And, like, often teams will just, like, nap in their car for two hours or something like this. You know, I was sort of like, oh, what's going to happen when we hit that zone? But actually... Actually, we 
were pretty energetic the whole time. Um, something about escape rooms really just puts you in. Well, I think, I the, think we I, like them. Yeah. I think we probably do. Well, I would say, too, like, I think a big difference between, like, the puzzle hunts that go all night and these is that those are going to have puzzles that can grind on for hours. Mm -hmm. And, like, just the process of doing one of those doesn't have the sort of, like, the continuous stream of quick hits that you get in an escape room that kind of keeps you keeps you alive. Yeah. But if, you, if, you're, if you're grinding on a puzzle for three hours, it's really easy to just be like, okay, what am I doing with my life? But, yeah. but, <laughs> Most of my puzzle fatigue comes from either the team I'm playing with starting to fall <laughs> apart and snapping at each other or the rooms. Like you hit a really sad room like three quarters of the way through your day and you're just like, mm -mm, no, that was too many folding tables. I don't know why there were just folding tables all over that room. So I, I don't know. I feel like we lucked out um, a, because claustrophobia had really consistent quality and we never encountered a reset error. We never encountered like tech that just stopped working just for us. Um, so, and, and also our team was super enthusiastic and compassionate the whole time. And that's major. That, that is yeah. true. Just in general, having a good team is always oh, good. Oh, yeah. Have you four played together? I mean, I assume, I assume you have, but have you four played as a team regularly? So as groups, I think Rich and Anna and I, um, as well as Rich's wife, Kiki, have played many, many rooms together yeah. as a team. Yeah. I think um, over 300 with just the four of us. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda and Anna and I have, in various combinations, um, also played a fairly large had, had also played a fairly large number of rooms at that point. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you had played with Amanda. I had like played Chicago, maybe like twenty rooms with Amanda, something like that. Right. Yeah, maybe not yeah. even that, something like that. So we were all pretty comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, that this was going to be okay. And I mean, if you think about it, uh, the way I would describe it, you know, Errol and and uh, Amanda is that like think about the rooms that you might call four star rooms. They're great. They're good. They've got good sets, good puzzles. Maybe they don't blow you away with being the best room you've ever done. But think about those, you know, like, um, you know, well, I don't know what our points of comparison are, but, you know, you know, like Stash House and uh, and rooms of that quality. And then think about sprinkling them in with some like five star rooms. Actually, I might count Stash House as one of those, but, you know, whatever, you know, and imagine just doing a whole bunch of those in a way that like doesn't even exist elsewhere. It's like, man, where do you keep finding these amazing rooms? <laughs> and you're just doing like good room after good room. Um, and there were some rooms we didn't love as much as others. There was a little segment in the middle, um, especially when we had a translate that wasn't so great. But generally speaking, they were good rooms. And mm -hmm. you'd walk in and you'd look at the set and you'd be like, wow, this is cool. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. um, and they'd have different surprises and so forth in them. And sometimes they lined up with our strengths and sometimes a little less so. And between each of these episodes, there's coffee and tea and nice people who are like very excited that you're there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Every it, it appears to be required by law that every escape room in Moscow have tea <laughs> and cookies in the lobby. So yeah. This has to be a thing worldwide, yeah. by the way. Like all escape rooms should offer you a warm beverage when you come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and popcorn. Carol's all about the popcorn. <laughs> I don't care so much about the popcorn, but the warm beverage really makes all the yes. difference. I all thought you were going to say it was required by law to apologize for your English. That too. <laughs> everybody, everybody apologized for their English and had great English. Yeah. 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 So, so the, it was a great experience. And the other thing that's energizing is like, you know, think about rooms that are not quite what you expect. Like something's a little, something's a little different. Like you're not quite like, oh, humdum, yes, oh, look, look at these four faces. I bet I'm putting them in those four spots on the dresser. Why, <laughs> yes, it, there are four paintings with four colors that are the colors of the four faces. Yes, right. <laughs> and instead, consider that you know there's some of 
puzzles you recognize. There's enough that you know what you're doing and you're moving forward. And every now and then you're like, that is not a thing I've ever seen in an escape room before. That is very <laughs> strange. I guess I'm doing that now. Um, <laughs> sort of, you know, and that also really staves off the puzzle fatigue when mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. mm, very I true. See. Uh, so yeah wait how many rooms are you up to now Amanda because I know oh goodness you're going to make me pull up the sheet (laughs) I don't know off the top of your head (laughs) things have happened since Moscow you asked currently hang on Yes, sorry. I'm currently at 924 whoa you're almost at a thousand almost (laughs) so apart from puzzle fatigue Errol Errol doesn't like discussing people's emotions a lot but (laughs) (laughs) They were saying but that they the all love each other. But you know, time. doing doing that many escape rooms in that short of amount of time, emotionally, how were you guys doing throughout the day? Were there points where you were feeling frustrated, where you're just like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over now? Were there points where suddenly you got like your fifth wind and you know we're I can answer this energetic. one actually even though I'm not there I can answer this one briefly stated in another podcast that we just all love Egner so I'm oh, okay. pretty yeah, sure it that's all what just... happened yeah we just focused that's... on our love for him yeah <laughs> my eyes are rolling you can't see it but they're rolling oh no Dan and I had actually talked beforehand about how if we got to a point where there was a lot of pent-up anger and resentment we would just stage a fight in a parking lot and get it all on the GoPros. But that never, we need, never needed to pull that emergency hatch. So, Yay. I don't know. I guess overall it's kind of boring and friendly and supportive. Oh, that's no good. No drama. Yawn. That's what this Yawn. podcast was supposed to be about. <laughs> I know. I think well, the only... the footage it... will never see the light of day, I guess we could edit it a bit. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. Was that a concern? Okay. He thought he was going to lose to me in the parking lot. Oh wait, you were worried about the stage fight. <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking, look, you know, when when we get tired and cranky, like, how's this going to go? And we have to like keep keep slogging forward with it. Um, but it was not a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think by far, like, the the biggest issue, at least for me, was just the physical exhaustion. Like, yeah. my mind was fine, but my body was not cooperating towards the end. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, and that's why you shaved your beard to make it easier for you in the future. Yes, because <laughs> that was definitely yes. the problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just weighing you down. It turns out that when you do escape rooms for twenty-four hours, your feet hurt. Yeah, that is oh, yeah. easily yeah, the biggest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, at least I was so slow walking from escape room to escape room, and I had that big bag of snacks that we weren't eating, and I had Boris, and everybody was like, "Let me carry something for you," and I was like, "Nah." I'm still going to be slow. Like, I know I have to pace myself or I will not make it. And there was that one room, I guess, next to last room where, or no, two rooms before the last room where I just was like, okay, I can see everything I need to see from this spot on the floor. That's great. Was that uh, so, Da Vinci or was that uh, Alice? That was uh, Leonardo's Last Mystery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where I was oh. like, I'll just sit here eye level with the table while you guys do things on top of the table and helpfully <laughs> yell out things that you might not have tried. Yes, just, you know, yeah. Have you tried turning it around the other way? Didn't know that doesn't apply to what you're doing? Oh, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, my body gave out sooner than my mind did. Now, I would assume you mentioned earlier before that some rooms played to your strengths and other rooms didn't. So, since you are probably an amazing team together after doing 22 rooms in a 24-hour period, what would you say are your individual strengths? 
what do you bring to the table? How do we get into How your are you like, cliquey club here? <laughs> you, know what, you know what's kind of interesting about that is I feel like with this group and also other enthusiast groups is that I feel like the really good players are kind of good at everything. And so I don't know that oh, anybody crap. at least... <laughs> I mean, especially I have been part of, is what we're yeah. saying. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I've been part of an observed teams where there's definitely like a specialization. Yeah. Um, and I've played that way with people where it's like, ah, you know, here's the dexterity puzzle. You're doing that. Yeah. Here's the logic puzzle. Shoop. Here you go. And we just don't have that really. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Like, we can't be part of the cool club, Errol. <laughs> <laughs> You can know what that means is that you can totally be part of the yeah. I, I definitely know <laughs> what my weaknesses are, right? Like, you know, I'm always, I think, probably the weakest player at dexterity and like physical tavern puzzle style things, and maybe also not as good at logic puzzles as to like, you know, if we if we ever play escape rooms uh, with Weiwa, that is always like, you know, what he excels at. I'm terrible example. at memory. If there's ever like a memory aspect, I'm I'm not oh, good at me that. Me too. I am finding out that you guys are all terrible at all the same things I'm terrible at, but then that means mm-hmm. I just I'm just the culmination of terrible. Oh, well. I think I think collectively none of us are especially great at searching. I'm yeah, sorry, that's definitely just, true. Can we just put that on a on like <laughs> yeah, that tag for you, like Errol, a culmination of terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's poetic. And fortunately, these were not none of these were search heavy rooms. That was very lucky because, yeah, as we get tired, I think that's the first thing to go for me. I'm not great at it to begin with, but it's the first thing to go for me is the search. I think that's probably our biggest weakness as a team search. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the clearest role in Russia was was Anna's speaking Russian, of course. (laughs) So there was, speaking of weaknesses, there's this one one room. And this room is a satanic mechanical puzzle room. It was a, an amazing room, and it was one of the rooms we failed. Uh, in fact, the only room we failed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just ran out of time. It was just too much stuff. And uh, But it was a. I would highly recommend this room. Oh, it was yeah. a great room. And so it's, you're, it's called Deal with the Devil? Deal with the Devil. And so the deal is that you are investigating some woman's so, disappearance or something. So this woman made a deal with the devil and now the devil is killing her and now you're making a new deal to save her and sacrifice yourself instead. But you have to solve the devil's puzzles. And the As devil has set up right. This totally normal <laughs> escape room thing. Um, and uh, this room was in Russian and uh, these puzzles were just a series of really elaborate and pretty amazing and all custom large made, scale. large scale, like sort of dexterity task puzzles. Oh, but dear. but they were all new to us. So like we were like, well, this is, I've never seen people doing this with balls and triggers and things before. Um, and there was these giant things. And anyway, so at one point, it's like, oh, one player needs to go into the box. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the box. So I go into the box, I close the door. <laughs> And this this room also like it had one thing where you had to like stand on top of this like heater that was like roasting you because it was the fires of hell and like <laughs> solve some puzzle or whatever. Anyway, so you get into this box, and what do I get in this box? I get a little trivia quiz on a screen oh, about man. hell in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately regret my life choices, <laughs> and I am screaming and hollering for Anna. 
who, and I don't know what you all were doing outside, some other thing. So, so yeah, so we were working on some other puzzle outside, and Danny's locked in this thing behind this big door, and there's also, like, music and loud oh, yeah. noises, and he's Satanic trying shrieks. to scream at me through this door and describe <laughs> to me what the Russian might say, <laughs> kind of, like, describing the shapes of the letters, if you know what I mean. So, oh, yes. This that is, happened this is, one uh, at a time. Yes. So, so, like, a question comes up on the screen, and I'm like, Anna, quick. It's like an X with a vertical line through it then it's like a backwards r then it's like an e except it's curvy and like and i'd be describing letters like as loud as i could and she'd be sitting there and i would get through about like six letters and then the question would change oh, no. and i'm like what even am i doing and i can see i can see the format there's a question and there's like multiple choice you get four answers you know, you're in this box, like, and there's, like, sometimes there's pictures, like, various, like, Dante's Inferno kind of depictions and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure this is a really cool little hell trivia quiz. Uh, though it's also kind of external knowledge, but, you know, anyway. Like Russian. Right. And then at some point, I'm, like, yelling at Russian. Right, like Russian. And then it's, like, you know, well, we always talk about where's the line of external knowledge. And, like, here's one where it's, like, you know, three of our team totally illiterate uh, and uh, that's not a problem and so I'm yeah. yelling at Anna and I'm being like what am I even going to do here and I kick something and I'm like oh there's a piece of paper on the floor what is that oh this is the English translation of all the questions that they have helpfully <laughs> provided for us in this box that I knocked over when I walked into the room and didn't notice for the first five questions and instead had a shouting match with Anna about like Cyrillic letters and what I'm are like, we saying about searching right yeah. uh-huh. and, and then I'm like never mind and then I'm like, oh, I see. The seventh level of Dante's Inferno is a, um, and it was it was one of these things where it's you know because we talk about external knowledge in escape room and it's the way you sometimes see trivia quizzes set up in escape room where it's ten questions, and it's looping through the questions, and so you can choose an answer and it tells you if you're right or wrong, um, and then it, when it loops back, it only goes to the questions you got wrong. So if nothing else, you can just be like, well, I guessed A last time, so I guess I'll try B on this one. Two all A's and all B's. Right. (laughs) Um, And if you happen to know any of them, you go faster. Um, And I did know some of them because, you know, they were general knowledge questions, I guess, about hell and devils and things. Um, But yeah, the the whole, like, I definitely felt like the weakest link for quite a while there. Maybe that's why we failed, in fact. Maybe you should just learn Russian. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Amanda learned the alphabet pretty much. Yeah, the phonetics I got at least, but it didn't help me. What's the first letter? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> Is this alphabet? a pop quiz? I don't think she. It's been a week. No idea. I was just wondering. <laughs> Isn't it? A? I I think yeah, it's an A. It's a. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Girl, the B has this, has this toad The B isn't what like you expect, <laughs> right? Oh, jeez. Right. Yeah. It was interesting, like, if you basically knew what the letters, what sound they made, a lot of the signs you would read would actually seem like they were a lot more familiar than you would think. Yeah, I spent, like, five minutes being excited about the stop signs that were CT, or no, yeah, CT... CTO pi. OP? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it says, it's a stop. Like, I was so excited. It didn't, yeah. yeah, it was like being surrounded by tiny word puzzles, so I was right. really into it. Yeah, we did, came up, we did come up with a bunch of names for the uh, Cyrillic letters that we could use in a pinch. Which I completely failed to use in this particular instance. Yeah. <laughs> and Well, and which wouldn't have helped Anna. <laughs> right. Well, no, I learned no, them she too. Learned like, too. Call it the actual name. Yeah. 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 So you've, you've set this record and and you got a cool 
plaque or, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know what happens when you win a record. So all of this is new to me. What what happened when you won? There's cheering. I'm sure that they <laughs> sent over a bouquet of gold, you know, all sorts of things. <laughs> one of the uh, staff members started playing I Tiger on her phone. That's what happens. That's what happens when you win. Yeah. For every Guinness Book of World Record, uh, some uh, somebody there <laughs> plays it on their phone. Yeah. So we did arrange for a Guinness judge to come for the end part to sort of evaluate our record and make sure that we had done everything correctly and all that stuff. And when you do that, they actually confer the record on you at that point and they give you a temporary certificate and they do a little ceremony that I think in general they, they typically expect there to be media and, and you know fans <laughs> and stuff present. But in our case... At the, 8 a.m. Yeah, the, in our case, we were, you know, we, there's the four of us plus the plus the judge plus like maybe three or four staff members of Claustrophobia uh, watching this grand ceremony of, of us <laughs> winning the award. He was he was in his full Guinness regalia. Yes, that's true. I don't even know official. what that looks like. Does it involve a top hat and monocle? Close. Or is that that's monopoly? <laughs> It does involve a blazer that looks like it would go great with a top hat and monocle. Yes, yeah, it does indeed. Yeah. So it must have been really energizing to suddenly get to that final room or to get to the at least minimum room and know that you guys had at least made the record and that you were almost in like the bonus laps at this point or the encore. Yeah, the 20th room of the day was also my 900th. Um, (laughs) And at that point, I was like, oh, look, good. We finally made the record. I've hit 900. We could take like a couple minute break here and then the staff member was like you remember now that the last two rooms you're doing are the 75 minute rooms right and we were just like okay put us in like (laughs) screw the break we don't need a break put us in we're not we're not putting play around here uh we did end up with about a half hour left is that right, Rich? Yeah, Do you have those yeah. numbers? I think it was 20 minutes, but yeah. like 20, 23 minutes. I, yeah. I have the log book here. Okay. So, cool. yeah, and we ended up with 23 minutes. So, and there wasn't we, another we didn't room need in that to venue, so we couldn't even have tried, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was over. <laughs> but when we learned that those last two were the 75 minute rooms, we had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, what was what your quickest rooms? time, actually? Alice and yeah, the, the steampunk one. And the airship. Oh, Steampunk Airship and yeah. Alice in Nightmare Land. Yeah, the last two. Our best time was 28 minutes and 21 seconds. They had to take everything on these uh, to the second markings on a cell phone for the logbook for the record. So oh. we have a lot of very specific data about our time in the rooms. What was that room, the 28 minute one? 28 minutes was Baker Street 221B. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Good so, old Sherlock. Yeah. Oh, Sherlock. So I'm assuming that you will be in like a book that's going to come out every year with Guinness Book of World Records. Is this maybe, correct? maybe not? So oh. yeah, I've been asking about that, and <laughs> we we might be in like the worst possible spot with with that regards. I don't. I haven't even told all these other people, Whoa. but um, secrets. So the 2019 book just went to print like I don't know within the last month, uh, and so, so it was already locked. So in. so we couldn't have gotten in the 2019 book. So we will be a candidate to be put in the 2020 book. And the process by which uh, records get chosen to be included in the book is unclear. I have contacts at Guinness that I've been talking with about it. And they said that, you know, they're going to review all the new records and decide what goes in there. And they will keep us posted if we're going to be in the book. So and you of course, just... a... sorry, go ahead. Uh, there's the very real possibility somebody else breaks this record. That's right. Year. 
Yeah. Right. Oh. If somebody breaks it before the cutoff of the next book, then we will have never even had an opportunity to be in a book. So. Uh, <laughs> well, there's this. There's there's records out there. Yeah, you, you can know, tell them the that first. that Ariana Grande person did it. Escape room. They're very popular. <laughs> Yeah, broke her hand or whatever it was. I don't know how to pronounce her name even. I just see it. Grande or Grand? I don't know. Ariana Grande. Yeah, I was gonna let it go. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks, Rich. Very anglophone way. Grand. She's grand. Wow. That's amazing. First off, congratulations. Actually, not first off. Last off, that's that sounds horrible to say, too. I don't think we congratulated you, however. Actually, on... we didn't yet. Yeah, no. No, oh, no. we no. just went straight in, just with adoration. But that's amazing. So that I, that is cool. I'm so glad you were able to find the time to talk to us about this, because as yeah. I said before, I don't know anybody that's made a world record so yeah i know that, that from the enthusiast cool. side we were all keeping track yeah like <laughs> in the, the slack the did, they get it? did they get it did they get Where it because of the time <laughs> yeah. difference you know we we saw the posts every now and then we would and then i just saw i think it was i saw amanda's post first about like the with the certificate and i was like they yeah no we so appreciated you guys especially the slack channel like made us feel super fancy and have people rooting for you like many time zones away that was really good for our morale so thank you (laughs) that's good it's so funny because when 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 someone first posts about it on the facebook group and then every a lot of other people started posting yeah we should do this i'm going what you can't do that (laughs) this is amanda egner anna and rich guys Anna. I started to feel protective about like not anybody can do this, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Some people were like, "Oh, I bet that they just took a bunch of hints, and <laughs> right? In really short rooms, and and then or it's our like, friends they... were like mad dogging, like, no, you don't know." <laughs> I think there was okay. I think there was they somebody who that. was like, "Did they?" Did they get tips from the owners first or like, <laughs> right, like yeah. pre I bet they played them all before. Yeah. Was, people Freaks. were salty. Yeah. Can't we're kind of, you know. Not get any tips. You They're showed like, them <laughs> with your bouquet of gold. Bouquet. It's real. Is that like, what you want? Sometimes we didn't even know like what the theme of the room was. They'd just be like, here you go. It didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this seems to be some sort of cave. Okay. And there was no time for walkthrough. So we thought we had failed a room and we really hadn't. Like, we thought that the Game Masters wandered in because we failed. They wandered in because they were tired of waiting in the hall, wondering why we didn't come out after we finished the last puzzle <laughs> that popped the door that didn't swing open enough for us to notice. So, like, we didn't have time to figure out anything between rooms. Or were you just Story, so... theme, whatever. <laughs> were you just going so crazy from fatigue that you just thought you lived in that room now or something? <laughs> <laughs> for an hour at a time. Room. Yeah. And we had all these like little personal in jokes we started making throughout the like thing, you know, like one touch Amanda. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was a few times when like we would all struggle with some sort of thing that you had to manipulate with your hands, and Amanda would just be watching there silently judging us, <laughs> and then and then and then, and then we'd be like, Amanda, why don't you give it a try? And then like. One second, it's done. Right. <laughs> there was this one timing puzzle oh where my minor, minor spoilers, but uh, you know, in case anyone is, is ever going to go to Moscow and do this, but it says right on it, 1.3s. So it says 1.3s, but that's how they do their decimal points there. And so it turns out you have to like hit this drum every 1.3 seconds. 
which is kind of a funny escape room puzzle and <laughs> might not be my favorite puzzle of the entire trip. Um, well, you know. And we are just struggling so hard. We're like, you know, because think about it, 1.3 seconds? That's really like... <laughs> what is that? One one thousand... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm trying to think about it. I'm, th- I'm sort of visualizing a digital watch in my head being like, all right, that would be once a second. So 1.3, a little slower. Boom, boom. And we're all like, occasionally we get like one of the lights to light up, but then the next one it goes off again. And we're like, is this even what we're supposed to be doing? And finally, you know, I try it. Rich tries it. I think Anna tries it. Yeah, we'll try it. And then finally, you know, Amanda's like, all right. And she's like, boom, boom, boom. And every time she does it, a little light turns on. And after she does it eight times in a row, all eight lights are on and the door opens. And we're. You do it eight times in a row. You do. And and you know, oh, all those little lights on this good. necklace turn on. Yes, and then the igloo opens. It was great. That that was a fascinating room. Anyway, um, uh, and then after that, it was definitely like, all right, Amanda, time to do your magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was early in the day too. That was a lot of pressure. Right, that was like our second room or something. <laughs> yeah, but I I also liked um, there was one room where if you sat down on a bench, it triggered the it is not time for that. Oh. <laughs> Because it was it was so supposed good. to be like a clue that pointed you to look at a clock or something because you sat oh, on this it? thing. I thought it was well, just no. It, I think no, it was because I, the be- sitting on the bench was part of a puzzle. Oh, and it wasn't active, and so it was so, it literally was not time for that. Order. So every time but you we sat were, on yeah, <laughs> we're exhausted, and we're like, I'm gonna sit over here, and people <laughs> kept rediscovering it. I say people. There's four of us in the room. Each of us kept rediscovering, like, oh well, what if I just sit here and relax a little bit? I'm so tired, and it would just start this intonation of it is not time for that and everybody stops what they're doing and it's like am I triggering that audio where is that coming from and it didn't just say it once it was like many times so uh, I enjoyed wandering around saying it is not time for that the rest of the, the night that was good for me That was a fun maybe not for everybody guys. else Yeah, <laughs> it was a Harry Potter room and uh, oh, right. every yeah. prop basically had this feature where if you start like using that prop before it has been activated, <laughs> it just says over the whole room audio in a booming voice, it is not time for that. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, whoa, okay then. I guess I'll deal with this like pedestal later. And and yeah, as, as Amanda was saying, there's this one bench, which is a very natural place to sit, but you were supposed to like do something with it later. And so you'd sit there and be like, it is not time for that. <laughs> And then by the end of this room, we were all like, it is not time for any of this. <laughs> it was great. It was otherwise a pretty decent room. Yeah. That was kind of a, it was an interesting approach to like, you know, staging your linearity and, and mm-hmm. signposting that, that I think they used once and probably decided was, was not super ideal. Enough. That. <laughs> right. Regardless, it sounds like Moscow is like one of the locations people should go to if they want to do escape rooms. You were going to do it anyway, right? Yeah. And it did not disappoint. It depends what you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to have the escape rooms that you know and love just honed to a pinnacle, then Moscow has some good rooms. Um, But if you want to see the space like explored a lot more widely and to be really surprised by just like different refactorings, then um, yeah, you should... Get on, get on, get on an Aeroflot. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, thank you guys for joining us today, and congratulations once again on <laughs> setting that yeah. record. And thank you, thank you, setting the benchmark for possibly future teams to also defeat it. I hope so. I yeah, have no idea cool. who'd want to do that. I mean, I I know, I, I know lots. Of people I do. Want to do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know we know there's Your some people record? gunning for it. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, 22 in 24 hours isn't that bad. It, especially considering that we did in Moscow, which is pretty sprawling, and the travel times actually are non-trivial in there. Right. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at our time breakdown, there was actually a pretty big amount of time that we could have spent doing rooms and we were doing something else. Right. So, yeah, I think yeah. like I think it was Room Escape artist published like a breakdown of uh-huh. the times and it's only about like 80 something percent of the time that we spent playing rooms. Not even that, it was like oh. 60 something. Oh, yeah, 60 something like, yeah. is only playing rooms. So I have I have 16 and a half hours roughly in rooms. Uh almost an hour and a hour and 45 minutes for travel time almost an hour for meals half an hour for equipment and almost four hours for other which was like game intro game outro taking photos resting briefly between rooms while they did a quick reset and said they were ready for the next one so that four hours could be optimized oh, yeah. Yeah. again guys you guys so, slackers, slackers. so the next barrier is like 30 can you do right? 30 True, but then mm. I would also think that that you need a lot of buy-in from the company, and I think that's also hard to get as well. Yeah, right? so that's true. Very fortunate you got that. Yeah, they were so amazing. Yeah. I have a feeling some people that have played over a thousand rooms might be trying to beat our record soon. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> some people not to name any names. People. Isn't that just? <laughs> yeah, they do need four, but I I, I think they have friends that are uh, equally crazy. <laughs> yes, we don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where your thousand's going to be, Amanda? I don't yet. I don't think I'm going to hit it this year, though. Oh, it's kind of sad. Oh. I know. Slacker, we should fix slack. That. Yeah. <laughs> and the year is so young. It seems like I could squeeze so much more in here on November second, but I just don't know. It'll have to be a big event, though. Well, thanks, guys. I hope you guys are reveling in your victory. So, so much fame. Thank you. Once again, that was. Rich Bragg, Dan Egner, Amanda Harris, and Anna Ulin. And they have, if you are, hopefully in 2020, you will see the World Guinness Book of Records and you will see their names in it, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> Is there anywhere, if, do you all have any personal pages that, where people can find you? If you have a, an escape room based page or anything like that, or a puzzle based page? All right. Sure. Uh, Cluekeeper.com is a website that I run. It's useful for building hunts in, in locations and to play anywhere. So uh, that's somewhere you can check out. I have a personal blog where I almost never write about escape rooms or puzzles, so you're probably not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. That is a great plug. Yeah, yeah, now I am. That was the best endorsement yeah, you know what we like, and it's a puzzle. Yeah. It is a puzzle. You can use the internet to find it. Oh, well, you know her name, so find it there. Nothing specific for me. If someone's really looking to find me, find me on Facebook, find me on Slack. I'm happy to chat. Egner has a bunch of websites. Egner has so many I don't think he's everywhere. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also like us on Facebook and you can email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. We love getting emails. And if you go to Twitter, you can go use the hashtag REDivas. And that was weak, Errol. That was weak sauce. He's trying to like make me laugh. That was just not. Sorry. He doesn't find me funny. No, I don't. Not today. All right. Oh. <laughs> it is not time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Nice. 
Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.